happy Wednesday, everyone. It is another edition of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. I am Colby Daniels, along with the 2023 Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year, Jeremy Poplin. Scott File is on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. And we say hello to Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz hotline. Dusty, happy Woo! Wednesday. What is happening on this Valentine's Woo Wednesday, my friend? Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Looking to woo my beautiful bride of almost 16 years on a Woo Wednesday, Valentine's Day. I'm hopeful that you've taken care of all the necessary things you need to do on this special day. Colby Daniels, I know you're not going to let me down. That's right. Let your wife down, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I am the ultimate procrastinator, and I put everything off until this morning. But you know what? I woke up this morning with extra energy and uh and knocked it all out first thing and i am i am locked and loaded and ready to rock and roll tonight i love it i absolutely love it we're doing a little uh dinner at the house tonight some prime steaks a little salmon and uh, a little dinner at the house and it should be absolutely fantastic we're gonna go uh out to dinner tomorrow we're taking my mom and my mother-in-law for fondue so uh, kind of uh, two killing two birds with one stone. I think I told you this before. We went to a magic show last month trying to do something. My wife's New Year's resolution as a family, do something new. We haven't done one uh, something new every month throughout the 12 month year or something we rarely do make it special. My kids have never had fondue. So uh, tomorrow nice. night we're taking uh, we're taking Graham, uh, Nana and Granny uh, for fondue for a little belated Valentine's Day with them and a little something new that the kids haven't done. So we've got a couple of eventful evenings uh, here in the next couple of nights. That is awesome. I, I also am grilling steaks tonight. Uh, got a couple of ribeyes, medium rare for me. My wife is, mm. uh, she likes it rare. I mean, it's, Whoa. oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I put hers on and I, I literally like, turn in a circle, flip it, turn in a circle and pull it off. Like it's, that's, that's how quickly it basically is. Like it's just, just enough to, I guess, warm the outside essentially. Matt, get a nice sear. (laughs) And then after that, I just don't cook it too long. Uh, Mad respect uh, for your wife. I'm sure you will knock it out of the park, man. Knock it out of the park. Kind of seems like uh, Kansas city. I was listening earlier, the chiefs uh, having their parade, Today, I haven't uh, heard all the audio yet, but I'm sure over the next 24 hours, we will all uh, be laughing our tails off at, uh, at the uh, Chiefs. They seem to know how to put on a pretty good party as it's their third time in the last five years to have the parade as Super Bowl champions. I mean, did the party technically end at, in Las Vegas? I mean, no. it's probably just been going uh, since Sunday night and all the videos that, that came out of Vegas on Sunday night of the celebration and I mean, Jason Kelsey partying as hard as any Kansas City Chief on Sunday. But I I think my favorite video today from the parade was the guy way up in the tree. Did you see that? I have not seen the guy in the tree yet. Describe it for me. What am I missing? So the video is just a wide shot of the crowd. and, And you can just see all these people in the crowd. And there's this tree like in the middle of all this, this group of people. And there's, the, there's this guy way at the top and, and it looks like the wind is blowing and uh, it just, yeah, I, I, you know, thoughts and prayers. The, the guy in the tree. I'm sure he's having himself uh, a really good time. 
I Jason Kelsey, I think he's partially my spirit animal. I mean, he I think he just does whatever he wants that we all kind of wish we could do, probably the way we acted in college. And he gives no Fs at 36 years young. Uh, Him with that wrestling mask on, the Chiefs overalls and the wrestling mask was, I mean, I couldn't get enough of that content. Anywhere I could find it, I was absolutely glued to it. And the one thing I want to give some props to Jason Kelsey, you know, every now and again, we need someone who can check us, right? We need someone who can put us in our place and let us know when we screw up. I think we've all got probably a person or people in our lives that would hope uh, that holds us accountable. And I'm a big Travis Kelsey fan. And I don't want to overstate what happened with him and Andy Reid. We didn't talk about that much on Monday. But he went over the line. Like, let's just be honest. Let's call it what it was. He went too far. You can't almost knock your coach over and then completely scream right in his face while he's standing on the sidelines in the middle of coaching in a Super Bowl. Like, it wasn't the most egregious thing I've ever seen, but it was pretty clear. Travis Kelsey, he went over that line. Now, he's one of the greatest tight ends, if not the greatest pass-catching tight end of all time, which we've discussed. He's got a long, healthy relationship with Andy Reid. That does change things a little bit. I didn't like the optics of it. Fortunately, they won because winning does change the narrative. But I hate just – I hate high school kids and college players looking at that and saying, man, okay, Travis Kelsey can talk this coach that way and get the ball eight more times in the second half. Why can't I? Like, it's just not good. And after the Super Bowl, you know, Kelsey, I thought Reed handled it great. Kelsey was trying to make a joke of it. But on their podcast, Big Brother – Big Brother checked little brother. And Jason, Jason straight up told him, you were out of line, man. You went too far. And to Travis's credit, he acknowledged that, and he admitted, I went too far. So I thought that was good. Listen to Tom Brady yesterday on his podcast completely defend the whole situation. Oh, there's nothing to see here. It's like, it's okay every now and again to say, no, that's not okay. That went too far. That's what happened in that situation. And I think that it was Big Brother, uh, though he's a wild man when he's getting after it. I think he, I think that he speaks with a lot of maturity. And I think that he's got a great level of respect for the game. And I think also understood that in that moment, um, his brother went a little bit too far and he called him out on it. And I thought his brother responded properly. So as great as the, the overalls and the wrestling mask were, I just love that Jason Kelsey checked his brother properly on their podcast and, and held him accountable for his actions on the sidelines of Andy Reid. I, I think that I've seen a lot of different takes on that whole situation and a lot of different takes from, from former NFL players like yourself, right? Some people don't have any issue with it whatsoever. Some people think that he was completely out of line. I guess whatever your stance is, what we ask most in, in society is to be consistent, right? And I saw a, a tweet, and this was actually on Sunday night even, from some random person that I think a a media member had retweeted, but it basically said something along the lines of, can you imagine if Des Bryant had done that? He would have been absolutely annihilated by the media forever, right? And because Travis Kelsey is so likable and and, uh, Andy Reid is so likable and, and, you know, obviously they didn't take it to another level and, and they handled it so well, 
uh, it's somewhat um, brushed under the under the rug. But you know, there there are other players that if that had happened, nobody is ever forgetting about it, and it probably sticks with them as much as as anything ever would. So as long as you're consistent, if if you kill Des Bryant for the the things that he does on the sideline when he's passionate, quote unquote then I think you have to feel the same way about Travis Kelsey or vice versa. If you don't have a problem with that, then I have no problem with you having a problem with this. If Antonio Brown did that on the sidelines of a field, everybody would absolutely skewer him, period. If Baker Mayfield would behave like that on the sidelines to his coach, he would get absolutely obliterated. That's right. Especially prior to the last eight games this past season, right? What everybody has said, Colby, oh, this hothead Baker Mayfield has no respect for authority, doesn't respect his coach. And again, I'm a Travis Kelsey fan. That doesn't change uh, what happened on, uh, you know, in that situation when Pacheco fumbled. It doesn't change how I feel about Travis Kelsey. I know Travis Kelsey is an uber-passionate player. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. It's part of what I love about him. But I'm also, I can also look at that situation, much like many situations in life, and say, you know what? It's not a good look. It's a, that, that's not, I tell you, Travis Kelsey wants to portray himself to be. I think Travis Kelsey, you know, he's had a little time. He recognized that. He said as much. I don't know why we can't just, we can't just be real with it. I mean, we don't have to act like every single thing that transpires is okay. And you're exactly right with Des Bryant. We could go down a laundry list of players that if that exact same scenario in just a regular season game, let alone a Super Bowl, would have taken place, the media would have absolutely killed them. And I'm not here to say we have to kill Travis Kelsey, but let's not act like that's commonplace and that always happens and oh, just laugh it off as that's no big deal. You, I would say I don't, and I would hope that most people – don't want that kind of behavior at any level between player and coach because there's a line, and I get football is a passionate game played by very passionate coaches, by passionate players, and coached by passionate men. And 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 we've seen blowups. I've been a part of blowups on the sidelines. I've seen many of them. I'll remember forever the Bill O'Brien Tom Brady with the New England Patriots back and forth. But there was something about that one. And I think it's because it wasn't over on the sideline. It was actually on the field. And Travis Kelsey almost knocked Andy Reid over and then stood over him and just screamed in his face. That one just went to a different place. And I think it's okay to call him. We see it and say, you know what? Probably not the best look and not what we want from our superstars in big moments like that. And that's okay. It's okay to say that. I'm just glad that Travis is – whether it's genuine or not, I think it's good that he recognized it and kind of called himself on his behavior in that moment. By the way, my wife, who is a giant Taylor Swift fan, a Swifty, in fact, uh, had no problem with it because Travis wasn't getting the ball. So she she was she was all in favor. Whatever needed to happen in order for Travis to get involved in the game plan at that stage. I would push back uh, to your wife or anybody. What if that was your son in high school? Right. How would she feel if she was sitting up in this? Like, can you imagine Mama Kelsey? Like when she saw that, there's no way Mama Kelsey was as proud as she is of her boys. There's no way she was yeah. proud in that moment. But I will say this. He did start getting the football a lot more after that situation. So maybe Andy Reid was listening at least a little bit to what Travis had to say. 
Yeah, no doubt. We had the conversation yesterday. Uh, we, we do a, a segment every week called Factor Fiction where we make statements and decide which it is. And the statement was made, the Kansas City Chiefs are now a dynasty. And look, this is yep. subjective, you know, without a doubt. Like everybody has maybe a different definition of of dynasty. For me, it's it's like the, the, the very, I guess, rough draft version of a dynasty or – uh, very basic version is three championships or more. Like you get to three, I think yep. you're a dynasty. And I'm not saying there aren't lesser versions of dynasties. And the, the example I used yesterday was like the Braves in baseball in the 90s, right? They won however mm-hmm. many ridiculous amount of division championships. Only one like World Series. So it may be a lower level of dynasty, but div- a divisional dynasty, if you will. I think in terms of the grand scale, it's it's three or more. And, and the Super Bowl on Sunday clinched dynasty status for me uh pop said the five-year stretch is too short to be a dynasty he needs to see it stretched out over a longer period of time so i say all that to ask you what is your definition of dynasty i'll tell you what for being the oklahoma broadcaster of the year he sure pop you sure have a small brain (laughs) come on man what are we talking about here it's not a five-year run it's a six-year run Six straight AFC championships, four Super Bowl appearances, three world titles. That is a dynasty. Um, I do think that something about that third championship over, you know, a five-year, six-year time period, I think that clinches it for me. I mean, but I, 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 you could, I think some could have possibly argued that it was already there. But without a doubt, if you were on the fence, just put it over the top because – it's it's more than just the three world championships. It's the other appearance, and it's the dominance of the AFC. And being in that championship game, that level of consistency and six straight seasons is it's superb. But I think I think it's you know anything three and five, three and six. If you're winning a championship at least every other year, and you get three. That's a dynasty in my estimation. Our Cowboys were a part of a dynasty. The Niners, I think the Niners in the 80s is definitely a dynasty. The Patriots, the Steelers in the 70s. We've had different eras of dynasties in the National Football League. And three definitely puts you in that special group, especially with the the proximity of time that's passed. But I I think there's no question. I got to be completely honest. I don't see how anybody – can't label this run right now that we're seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs as a dynasty. I think it's, I think it's the definition of what I think of a dynasty, especially in a sport like the NFL, where there's as much parity in that league as there is in any professional sport that we have in our country. Well, if you think about it, the Cowboys dynasty in the 90s is actually a shorter period of time in terms of the high-level success because they won three titles in four years and that four-year stretch was the only years that they were in the conference championship game, right? The the year that preceded yep. that, they were in the playoffs but didn't make the conference title game. And the year after that four-year stretch, they didn't make the conference title game and haven't been back since. So really, I mean, you're talking about a, a four-year stretch if you're just setting the bar at conference championship. Thanks for reminding me of that, Colby. Yes, it has been that long since they've been uh, to a conference championship game. So, yeah, you're – look. This this run that we're, we've seen from Patrick Mahomes since he's been the starting quarterback, I mean, it's it's got a chance to rival one of the best runs we've ever seen in the NFL. And I don't think I'm speaking in hyperbole. I don't think I'm 
being a, a prisoner of the moment, right? I mean, it, it really has been that impressive. And they obviously have something in front of them that has never been done in the Super Bowl era, winning three straight championships. I think that's the other part of this. This is a dynasty. I think the real question is, how long is this dynasty going to continue? How long is Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and we'll see if they're able to keep Chris Jones. I think it's a key. They find a way to get him signed. Uh, He's a future Hall of Famer and and really the key piece of that Chiefs defense now for quite some time. But I I don't even question, is this a dynasty? It is. I think the the bigger question is, how long does it last and and what's going to stop it from continuing? Because as long as 15 is the quarterback in Kansas City, I don't know what's slowing this train down. Well, you know, a lot of people are jumping on the Patrick Mahomes is now the GOAT type of thing, and and we don't have to get into that. But I did see, uh, I think it was Ryan Clark proclaiming that he's the GOAT. And again, regardless of the take there, he threw out some statistics that that are absolutely mind-blowing. So I don't know if you've seen this or not, but here's the statistic. Since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where there is under a minute left in the fourth quarter and the team is down by seven or fewer points, okay? Yep. There have been 125 of those drives. Only 40% of those 125 have seen the offense pull off the magic trick and ultimately win the game. In those scenarios, Tom Brady was 5 for 11 in terms of, of leading his team to a win. Drew Brees was 50% going three for six. How about this? Patrick Mahomes is 100% seven for seven in those opportunities. I saw it. It's, It's remarkable. I'll give you another one. This is a stat that I saw. Patrick Mahomes, after the Super Bowl, when trailing by seven or more points in, in the playoffs, is now, I believe the number is nine and one. Nine and one when trailing by seven or more points in the playoffs. The next best record in the history of the National Football League is Tom Brady at 10 and 11. Six and seven, oh, John Elway. Six and eight, Drew Brees. Four and six, Joe Montana. I mean, riddle me that. He's nine and two in the playoffs when trailing by seven or more. And the next best record is Tom Brady, and it's a below 500 record. And then obviously, the, the, I saw the stat that Ryan Clark brought up of the clutch time stat. It's it's what we we talked about on Monday. It's like when the moments get to their biggest. This dude has a level of calmness that's just crazy, isn't it? And the ability, whether it's with his arm, it's with his legs, the ability to make plays when he has to it's like nothing we've ever seen before man yeah. and that's and he does it I, I i mean i feel like he plays the game with a level of joy but i never feel like he's an arrogant cocky guy you know like he'll run around and celebrate with his teammates and he's out there having fun john and and whether he's talking up the defender that puts him on the ground he's smart with that right we saw that with quarterback always to try to, uh, you know, tell a, a defender he did a good job or good hit. But I, I feel like he's, he's doing it with humility. He's doing things that we've never seen. 
in the history of the National Football League at sports number one position. And I feel like he does it with a level of humility that makes him that much more likable, man. It's You're never out of it when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and he's proven that time and time again in the biggest stages of all the sports. So I, I, I feel like we – it's like – you look at his numbers in his entire career, his record as a starter in the playoffs is 41 touchdowns to eight interceptions, the yards he's thrown for, the the clutch numbers you talked about, the nine and two record when trailing by seven or more points. I mean, it's, I feel like we're running out of ways to describe what we're witnessing watching Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, man. It's, it's nothing short of sensational. The guy is, yeah. he's something different. And that's where, that's where it's hard for me to say that I see an end in sight. This is supposed to be their worst team. <laughs> they weren't supposed to be any good this year. And they just won their second straight Super Bowl in third and five years. So he's, he's a special cat, man. The, can't, the Chiefs kingdom, they are, um, they're living the life of luxury with him at the helm. Well, and, and I think with him, you know, it's one reason why, like, I never counted them out this year, even when they weren't playing well. I, I just, you know, thought it's it's uh, it's going to happen at some point. They will turn that corner and they'll start playing a, a much higher level of football. And it's why I couldn't pick against them in the Ravens game when I felt like on paper the Ravens had a better team. Mm-hmm. It's why I couldn't pick against them in the Super Bowl when on paper I felt like the 49ers had the best team in the league this year, but I, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes because he's the, the X factor there. And I think one of the unique parts about watching Patrick Mahomes do this right now is so often in sports, I think we don't necessarily see, we're not like watching somebody become the goat in real time. Like more often than not, we're kind of like reflecting back on it and like, holy cow, look at what th- this guy has accumulated. And then you start having this conversation, right? About how, how great someone is. Because he started at such a high level out of the gate, we're kind of like, we were put on notice in the beginning of his career as to what the ceiling could be. And we're, we're getting to kind of watch it in real time unfold as opposed to, you know, going back and reflecting on it after the fact. 100%. Um I don't, you know, again, Tom Brady's got seven and he beat Mahomes head to head. Um, and is it, you know, then you get to the, the Jordan conversation. Well, Jordan's got six. Bill Russell, uh, you know, he eclipses that anthem. Uh, Bill, Bill Russell's got enough for both hands. Um, so is it just championships? Is it, is it how they go about it? Uh, however you want to quantify it, um, the story is still being written for Patrick Mahomes. The one thing I feel very confident in saying, it's the greatest start to a career we've ever seen in the NFL. And I would argue it's the greatest start to a career we've ever seen in major team sports. I, I don't know. They, they had a graphic on ESPN. They had a graphic on ESPN the other day. And it was nobody in the NFL, I want to say by the age of 28, has won three championships and been MVP twice at this juncture um that you had it in other sports there was they had a, a list of of who all had done it in other sports but nobody ever done it in the nfl as it, i would say in all the team sports but to start his career we've never seen anything like this for because right it's supposed to be something that even tom brady 
in his first Super Bowl, he was a he was just he was a part of the puzzle, right? He wasn't the main cause. It's kind of the Brock Purdy type of conversation, right? Like this young guy that nobody yeah. expected anything from was just shocking everyone, and nobody thought it would last. He was a game manager, right? He was the essence of a game manager. They played great defense. They ran the ball. He didn't mess it up. And obviously, he's got that great drive at the end of that that first Super Bowl against the Rams that we kind of clutch onto. But, you know, they weren't winning games because of Tom Brady. Since Patrick Mahomes has come in the National Football League and what I believe, what, his first year as a starter, did he have 50 touchdown passes? I mean, since his first year as a starting quarterback, he's been the best player in the NFL. And it's just been been amazing to watch, man. I'm I'm really fascinated to see where it goes from here. And Lord help all, everyone if he continues to actually give him some pieces to put around him offensively. Not that they necessarily need it, but man, uh, when you look at the lack of weaponry he has at his disposal at the wide receiver position, yet still the production that he's able to to get out of what he has. It's it's absolutely, absolutely remarkable, man. I, I know this. I want to change gears real quick. I know we're, we're, we're almost out of time. But are you as excited as me? And maybe I shouldn't be about Mike Zimmer coming back to the Cowboys. Because, I was I was literally about uh, to ask that question. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. Why I, am I, mean, I so excited, Colby? I'm, I'm like, I mean, I, I love, I always like Mike Zimmer when he's head coach. And I, even though part of me, especially being a Chicago Bear, just despises the Minnesota Vikings. I, I always kind of rooted for him at Minnesota because I really liked him as a D coordinator in Dallas. I always appreciated what he's about. He just looks and feels like a ball coach, like not a warm and fuzzy guy. He's kind of got that old school take to him, but whether, whether it was in Dallas or even at Minnesota for at least the first part of his tenure there, the offense kind of got skewed later. Always had really good defenses. Uh, and I know Dan Quinn, though he's got his shortcomings and he got exposed a little bit, did a really nice job. I'm, I'm fired up and excited, excited to see what Mike Zimmer does coming back to Dallas and taking over this defense. I don't want to act as if they're going to be, you know, just unbelievably better. Cowboys have been pretty good on defense. But I do think that a new set of eyes, a guy that took a step away this past year from being a head coach, to get back to just focusing on the defense. I, I, I like the hire. And I'm excited to see what he brings to the table and what's obviously going to be a huge year for Mike McCarthy next season. But I don't think they were throwing out Rex Ryan. I like Rex Ryan and all. I like the Mike Zimmer hire better than I would have liked yeah. Rex Ryan. So I think, I think they got this one right, man. It feels good. I, I'm a fan. And I mean, I, you know, what Dan Quinn did was incredible. He, he took over the worst defense in the NFL, right? And, and turned it into one of the best defenses in the NFL and, you know, I, I think sometimes you just got to make changes. And I think to some degree, people had kind of figured out where the weaknesses were with that group. And, and sometimes you have to hit the reset button and, and start with something new. And regardless of how people feel about Mike Zimmer as a head coach, I mean, look at Spags and KC, right? I don't think anybody yep. like thought that he was the greatest yep. head coach, but some guys are just more X's and O's football guys than maybe head coaches and CEOs. And again, I, I'm not saying Mike Zimmer was a bad head coach, but he's a terrific defensive coordinator. And I think taking over a defense that has the personnel that this Cowboys group has, uh, you know, we're really going to get to see just how good he can be on that side of the football. So I do like the hire a lot. I'm still not crazy that they 
retained the head guy, but I do like the Zimmer yeah. hire in the wake of everything else. Totally agree. Uh, it's amazing, as frustrated as I was after that debacle against Green Bay, I'm already optimistic and fired up and excited for next season. This this uh, this Mike Zimmer edition has uh, completely uh, allowed me to turn the page. We got that season over. The Super Bowl is in the rear view. On to 2024, bigger and better things for our cow. I'm already back. Like I'm already back. I'm not saying it's our Cowboys again. I was off the train for a couple nice. of weeks, nice. but like most fans, man, I keep uh, I keep coming back. Hey, I'm um, not gonna lie. I'm still Friday, trying to choke down a little bit of that, so I'm not, I'm not completely there yet. But oh, I, you'll I'm be getting there. there. I'm getting You're, there. Yeah. I, I was reluctant all year to buy in. You got me to buy in during the season, so I'm blaming you. You, you, <laughs> you sucked me in Fair this enough. past year. We will take a timeout. Along with Jeremy Poplin and Scott File, I'm Colby Daniels. More with Dusty Dvorak next here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.